Welcome. My name is John. I'm Michelle. I'm Amanda. And we founded Uplift Kids together. Today, we're talking about courage, which is this week's featured lesson. To start, we wanted to talk about an experience that Amanda had while working with kids as a counselor and how the school helped kids work through having courage at school. Amanda, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I was placed at a school with a pre-K program for students that have unique schooling needs. So for these particular students, school is a time for a lot of firsts. It's the first time going to school. For some of them, it's the first time making new friends, a lot of new experiences coming up. Bravery is a big part of the curriculum in the preschool and in the school at large, but the preschool really leaned in into it. And it would come up often during the school day when students were struggling or when there was a challenging activity or a difficult emotional experience. And the framing that the teachers in the preschool would use is that you put your brave in front. And so it's acknowledging all the other emotions that are also present in any given circumstance, whether it's frustration with a block, a manipulative or block activity. Yes, there's frustration there. You feel frustrated, but you can put your brave in front of the frustration and move through the activity. And they even had lanyards that had brave cards. And it was not just a talking activity about talking about putting brave in front. They would model it in really concrete ways. And in the time I spent in the preschool, on a daily basis, students would run up to the teachers and say, I put my brave in front. I went on the slide for the first time. Or I put my brave in front and I made a new friend today or whatever. It was part of the language of the program. And it was so powerful because these children experienced, you feel fear, you can feel the fear, and you can act anyway. Yeah, it's so lovely because it sets up a kid to recognize that the point isn't to ignore the emotion that arises, which can be just a way to distract or divert and to not really work through what could be helpful in their lives. But instead, it's to recognize that you feel the emotion and choose another instead. It's a very powerful yet simple way to think about it. And it's a way that a person of any age can explore this topic. Even me as a grown-up can say, how can I put bravery in front? Absolutely. And it also emphasizes that the fear is almost necessary for bravery to even arise. If, if there isn't a fear then um, we're not really moving from courage or bravery. So it's acknowledging not only that, yeah, you don't need to ignore the emotion, but it's a necessary precursor to feeling brave and acting in a brave way is having the fear. Something that really highlights is that we're all good at different things and that being courageous, having courage is actually about learning and growing. So for instance, for one kid, they might not feel fear going down a big slide, but they might feel fear making a new friend. So for them, it's actually not courageous to go down the slide, but it is courageous to say, oh, I'm really afraid to talk to someone I don't know. I feel a lot of fear coming up in my body, like paying attention. Oh, I notice my pattern. 
when I feel this is I want to go and hide. I feel my pattern when I'm scared to go on the slide is I just stand at the bottom and say, I can't do that. So noticing, having a kid notice, oh, what's my pattern when there's something I'm afraid of? Not comparing, oh, they're courageous, I'm not. We're just learning and growing and have different things that we're afraid of. So I love that you highlight fear is an opportunity like, oh, this is something I can learn and grow from if I'm courageous. And if I know what I do when I feel fear, if I know that pattern and what I usually do and what do I do when I put brave in front? Yeah, it's also helpful for the kid to reflect on what is inside and outside of their comfort zone because it could be very different for each kid. If a kid can take inventory, which is a part of this lesson, we have a, a PDF for kids to write what's inside their comfort zone or what is outside their comfort zone. And to take that inventory can be really helpful because you could have one kid who says that, again, that they struggled to make conversation, another kid who says that they struggled to go down the slide. And by noting that, then that can be a really good first step to putting bravery in front. Because you can say, okay, this is the thing that I feel fear doing. Now I'm aware of that. Now, next time I'm in that situation, I can take the move of putting bravery in front. So it's a great way to individualize the concepts here in this lesson. One thing you brought up too, John, is that a lot of times it's only in retrospect that we realize how much we care about something. So courage is actually also sometimes about not doing the thing that makes us afraid and having that next feeling that says, when I don't go out of my comfort zone and talk to someone and make a new friend, then I feel really lonely. So that loneliness then says, no, actually, this is something that really matters to me. Or another example might be if you see someone being mistreated and you have fear come up and the fear says, don't say anything, this is a scary situation and you don't put the brave in front and you don't say something, then that's this learning moment where later that might stay with you. And that, that feeling that, no, actually, this really matters to me. It's actually us learning from the fear itself that says, oh, this doesn't feel good when I don't say something, when I see someone mistreated. The next time I see that, this is what I can do to be courageous. So these feelings that we have and paying attention to them really show us what matters to us. And this is learning for what we can do the next time. And that speaks to also the wisdom of sometimes allowing kids to hang back while they're getting comfortable, while they're making a plan, while they're deciding how they'll move, while they're gathering the courage and bravery inside of them and, and not pushing too hard. Because maybe they won't move the first time or the second time. But the third time, they will have gathered the energy of the bravery and had the courage to put the brave in front of the fear. It reminds me of a child I know who would occasionally have a panic attack before a sports event. And other teammates or coaches really never knew that this kid would get so anxious before games. But every once in a while, it would just get the best of this child and, and they would have to miss out on a sporting event. And then there was a day where the panic came, the fear came, and this child just did it anyway. He just walked out the door and went to the game. And it wasn't the best game ever, but just did it anyway. So 
just remembering that the bravery and the courage build over time. And when a child's able to do that with support, but with a, their own agency, it's so powerful. Yeah, that's a lovely example. And I think it's very relatable for so many kids that they have to learn how to track their emotional state. And it's not always something that is taught in a traditional school setting. And it's also not something that's taught at like a religious setting to track your emotional state. This lesson, for that reason, ties in really nicely with our lessons on emotions and emotional naming and emotional regulation, because it is about tracking what causes fear and panic to arise, and then having the emotional intelligence to know what to do when that happens. So that's a major part of this practice. In this lesson, we link to videos about Harriet Tubman, and for teens, we link to videos about those who resisted Hitler stories about people who showed immense courage. And a big part of those stories is that these people felt the fear and regardless stood up for themselves and for others when they needed it. And so it's just a powerful reminder that all of us can do the same thing, that we can all learn to stand up for ourselves and to stand up for others who need help. And that first step is to really be aware of our emotional state and how we respond in different emotional states. Anything else that you'd add, either of you? We've talked mostly about having bravery in action, but I also think there's something to teaching our kids to have courage of thought. So giving kids space to question things and giving kids space to disagree with us and being able to tolerate being in disagreement or not always being in accord in thinking that supports acting when, when an action requires moving against popular thought or what their friends think, giving them practice and being courageous in, in their thinking and independent in their thinking. Yeah, there's almost two steps to it. You know, there's this process that you're talking about, Amanda, of actually noticing what's going on for them. Like you said, John, like noticing what they feel, integrating their emotions. And then once they understand what they feel, then the action comes. Maybe I want to do something about this. Maybe I don't. But that first step of really having courage of thought, like really being with their own emotions is really important. And I think you mentioned some resources, but we have our emotions cards, our emotions chart. And I think sitting with that chart or actually naming emotions can be really important because often fear feels so big, it feels like the only emotion that we're feeling. So if we can look at those emotions and say, oh, okay, this is, I'm feeling fear, really name it. Often underneath that is going to be other emotions. Let's say your fear is about talking to someone. Other Underneath that might be loneliness. So once you can discuss the fear or really feel it, then these other emotions might come up. Or again, if it's about saying something to someone because you saw an injustice or you saw someone being mistreated, fear might be the main thing that comes up like, oh, I can't say something that's terrifying. But underneath that might be disappointment. And, oh, I can't believe this person hurt someone else like that. So just really mining our emotions can help us both with the thought 
and with the action. Excellent. Thank you for this conversation about courage and about learning to track states of fear in our bodies. And we hope that as listeners, you'll be able to check out this lesson, use it as a way to open a conversation around how to have higher emotional intelligence, to recognize that feeling fear is a natural part of having courage, that the point isn't to never feel afraid. The point is to, again, put our bravery or our courage in front of the fear and to learn how to make that a practice so that we can stand up for ourselves and for others. And in that way, exhibit this virtue of courage in our lives the same way that so many heroes from the past have. So go ahead and check out the lesson. As always, if you appreciate the podcast, we'd love to hear a review. And thanks so much for listening. Have a good day.